Thanks for joining us today with another podcast from New Hope Church. We hope that you enjoy what we have for you today and find it encouraging and uplifting. If you ever want to learn more information about New Hope Church, please visit us online at myhope.life. We'd love to get to know you. Have a wonderful day and God bless. God is good. Made it. Made it to uh, West Virginia safely. Made it back safely. Not in jail. Not in jail. <laughs> oh, Rochelle and Ashley know what it's like now to ride in the back of a police car. Um, if you didn't watch the video on Facebook, <laughs> you missed it. <laughs> Um, I'm trying to, I had to switch microphones real quick because uh, my microphone died. I told Rochelle today we needed to bring batteries and we both forgot the batteries. And so my, my microphone died and Ashley's will probably die. So we might have to switch microphones a couple times in this, but it's going to be okay. So hopefully it, it works out online. Hopefully you guys can hear it online. But we are going to jump right into the, the message today. I want to pray real quick. God, I pray that you would touch us today. God, let us hear your word. God, I pray that you would anoint our ears and our hearts, God, to receive what you have for us. I pray that you would help me, God, anoint me today as I preach this, God. I pray that you would move in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so diving in, we are talking about our series, Behold. The whole objective of this series is for you to fall in love with Jesus. Because if you will fall in love with Jesus, he will call you. And I got to fix that because I can't handle that ringing. Sorry, give me one second. <laughs> um, what, what is it? Hello, testing. Let's see. Let me turn that up. Let me, let me do this. 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 Okay, that's where my microphone is. <laughs> I copied it. <laughs> um, you want to turn that monitor down just a little bit, Ashley? And that should fix it. Okay. Oh, yeah, that, that, that'll drive me nuts real quick. Um, okay. Hopefully this is good. All right, let's dump in, jump into this. Uh, last week we talked about a broad overview of Jesus. We kind of quickly ran through some of the stuff in the first chapter of Mark. And this week we're going to look at the second chapter of Mark. The ultimate objective of this series is for you to fall in love with Jesus. If I could get you to do anything out of this series... It would be to fall in love with Jesus. I, I love Jesus. I'm passionate about the message that Jesus preached. I'm passionate about the love that Jesus has for us. Because while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. While we were down and out, while we were, while I, while I was literally garbage, God found a reason to save me. And I'm so thankful for that. And so... Remember, this series is focused on Jesus, and it's focused on the living, working Jesus, the, the, the demon-stomping Jesus, the, 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 the Jesus that, that cast out demons, the Jesus that, that healed the lame man, the Jesus that everyone had to get to. That's what this series is about. And so I'm going to jump right into this, Mark chapter 2, 1 through 5. It says, when he entered Capernaum again... After some days, it was reported that he was at home. 
Maybe I'll fix it this time. So many people were gathered together that there was no more room, not even in the doorway. And he was speaking the word to them. Notice, he wasn't doing miracles. He was speaking the word to them. What draws people to church? What draws people? It should not be signs and wonders. It should be the word. And not, 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 not all the cool stuff, not all the lights, not all the, the frills and fanciness. It should be the word that draws people to him. And so they came bringing a paralytic carried by four of them. Since they were not able to bring him to Jesus because of the crowd, they removed the roof above him and began digging through it. They lowered the mat on which the paralytic was lying. Think about this for a moment. These men that carried this man, they wanted to get to Jesus. And the only way that they could get to Jesus was the literal tearing off the roof to get to Jesus. He was too surrounded. He was too crowded. That is going to drive me insane. Give me two more seconds and I'm going to get this fixed. One day, God, I know you're going to provide a sound man for me so that I don't have to fix this stupid stuff. (laughs) Oh, Lord Jesus. Okay, hopefully, okay, maybe that's better. I think we got it now. Okay, so they lowered him down before Jesus, and, and, and the paralytic was laying. Seeing their faith, Jesus told the paralytic, Son, your sons are forgiven. Your sins are forgiven. Son, your sins are forgiven. What did he come for? What did they lay him before Jesus for? Be to be healed. Yeah. But what did he get? He got his sins forgiven. Now, which one's greater? The sins being forgiven than the healing. But what is awesome about this, you see, I want to stop right here before we continue on to the next scripture. How are you, what are you willing to do to get to Jesus? Think about this for a moment. Many times, I, I scroll Facebook and I, and I listen to, to churches, to, to preachers preaching. And this isn't against anything uh, about, you know, I, I believe in preaching, you know, about situations, uh, you know, depression and, and things like that. I've talked about it. But there's something about the power of God's word. What, he, was, he was speaking the word and people were gathered around him. So as a preacher, I should be speaking the word. The word brings life. The word brings understanding. The word brings knowledge. There's so much things that the word has. So If I know anything, I should preach the word. And so many times I feel like churches, and you know what? I'll be honest. A while back I said I had a plan for what I wanted to do with this church and all the cool messages that I wanted to preach. Never would I thought I would be preaching the way that I've been preaching. But God has a plan. And if I want God to move, I have got to follow that plan. And so we have got to dig in to what the word says. Literally tear off the roof of your heart. Tear off the roof and and open up and say, God, here I am. I am here for you. God, use me. Take me and, and, and make me what you need me to be. So are you willing to put up a fight? Think about it for just a moment. These men. They had to climb to the top of a roof. They had to tear off the roof. They had to dig into it. And finally, they got to a point where they could lower the man before Jesus. There's a whole lot of things right here. I know we're supposed to be focusing on Jesus, and we're going to get there, but there is so much here to unpack. 
Think about it. There's going to be times when your emotions run high. And you're going to have a hard time pushing through in prayer. There's going to be times when the enemy comes in and knocks you down and, and tries to kick the feet out from underneath you. And you're going to have to push through that. So getting to Jesus sometimes is hard. Sometimes it's not easy to get to Jesus because our mind gets in the way. Many times the, our depression, anxiety, these things stop us in our track. And we can't move forward in him. And so we're going to have to fight to get to Jesus. He was crowded, remember? You're going to have to push through that crowd, the crowd of your mind, the crowd of the things going on in, inside your head. You're going to have to push through that. God, I need you. God, I need your help. I need you, Jesus. When we call out on him, he's faithful and just to answer. But sometimes it's going to take you pushing a little harder. It's going to take you getting up on top of the roof and tearing it off. Think about your family members. Think about your friends. Think about the people that you pray for. When I think about the people that, that have requested prayer on Facebook from us, when we pray for them, I literally think of it as tearing off the roof and lowering them before Jesus. God, I need you to touch these people. God, I need you to move in their lives. You know the situations that are there. You know the troubles and the trials that are there. God, touch them. We get to pray for people, and we literally lower them before the feet of Jesus so that he can touch them. So sometimes, sometimes, church, we can, we can get into this mindset of what can the church do for me? <sighs> what can the preacher preach to me today? It better be good. Like, I hope he's on in touch with God because I need something from him. You know, like I've been in church a lot in my life, you know, and I've been out of church some in my life. And um, I've come to church expecting the church to serve me and to give me everything that I needed. But I don't see that in the Bible. What I see is people tearing the roof off trying to get to Jesus. They were desperate for a touch from God. They were needing a touch from him. And many of us were desperate for a touch from God. But we sit in the seat and we say, you know what? God, here I am. Touch me. And we expect him to do all the work. And we expect him to move into our life and to do everything. And we refuse to take the next step of faith in our relationship with him. This is the truth. This is what happens so many times. We need to literally tear the roof off in our relationship with God. And begin to move and see God touch. Let's jump down to verse 6. But some of the scribes were sitting there questioning in their hearts. Why does he speak like this? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? Well, if Jesus said, I forgive sins, then he must be God alone. And so I'm thankful for a Jesus that says, I forgive your sins. I forgive you of what you've done, the past that you have. I forgive you. Think about this. He, he saw that in their hearts. He saw the scribes and the Pharisees thinking this. Oh, he's blaspheming. 
right away, Jesus perceived it in his spirit the way they were thinking like this within themselves and said to them, why are you thinking like this? Think about it. We judge every person that walks by us. We judge every person that walks by. And we have some things, some preconceived notions. We read, we judge the book by the cover and not by the content. We have a perception that this person can't be saved or this person can't have that. This person, this person is going to be the one who reaches the lost. This person might be the one who's the next person up here singing. Ashley, I know you may not be here forever, but there's a person in Detroit Lakes that's going to be up here singing one day. By faith, I believe it. By faith, I believe that there's going to be someone who runs that sound system without me. that's driving me nuts. <laughs> We have got to have faith and to operate by faith. So Jesus said in verse 9, which is easier to say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up, take your mat and walk. But so that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins, he told the paralytic, verse 11, I tell you, get up, take your mat and go home. Which one is easier for him to say, your sins are forgiven, or to get up and take your mat and to go home? He did both. He did both. So I know that my God is more than able. I know that my God is more than powerful to deliver me from my situations. So last week, I was preaching, and I was wearing that mask. And at one point, I had to slow down because I felt myself getting lightheaded <laughs> and I was like oh Lord Jesus help me keep me through this one more week I'm thankful to not wear a mask today <laughs> all right immediately in verse 12 he got up and took the mat and he went out in front of everyone as a result they were astounded and gave glory to God saying we have never seen anything like this they were excited. I've never seen anything like this. Oh, let's give glory to God for what he's done. I've never seen anything like this. When God began to move, people will be moved and see things that they never thought possible. When God begins to move in your situation, when you've tore the roof off, when you've began to move into it, when you've pushed past all the people who don't believe that you deserve it, when you push past all the people who don't believe that God can do it, God begins to step in and begin to make movements in your life where you begin to see things that you never thought possible. Oh, I'm so thankful for Jesus. Jesus was moved by the effort that was put into getting this man to him. But not only did he heal him, he healed the brokenness inside. He touched the inner side of him. He touched, he, he touched his heart when he said, I forgive your sins. Oh, that is what I want in my life. Not only did he heal him, but he healed the sin portion as well. But it took the literal tearing off of a roof to get the man to Jesus. You've got it easy today, church. I'm not asking for you to tear a roof off. 
to lay anyone before Jesus. I'm not asking you to tear off a roof, but there are going to be some literal times in your life uh, that you've got to tear the roof off in prayer, that you have got to declare, no, Satan, not today. I'm going to see victory in my life. Uh, no, Satan, not today. I I'm not going to let you bring me down. I'm going to keep on marching in victory. I'm going to see you move in my family. I'm going to see you move in my city. Jesus did not come the right call the righteous but he called the sinners to repentance. Check this out. While he was reclining at the table in Levi's house, this is jumping down to verse 15, many tax collectors and sinners were eating with Jesus and his disciples, for there were many who were following him. Look at these scribes. Here they are again. When the scribes who were Pharisees saw that he was eating with sinners, and tax collectors, they asked his disciple, why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? You see, the Pharisees had a preconceived notion. They were the religious people of the day. When someone asks me the question, are you religious? I'm religious in following Jesus. But you know what I don't want to be? I don't want to be religious like the Pharisees. When Jesus was sitting there with the sinners and the tax collectors, the people that probably Jesus didn't belong with, the crew that he was running with at the time, maybe wasn't the people that he should have been around. But you know what? When Jesus heard this in verse 17, he told them, it is not those who are well who need a doctor but those who are sick. I did not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Jesus was saying to the scribes and Pharisees at the day, in that day, hey, you don't go to the doctor when you're not sick, do you? When you're perfectly healthy, you don't go to the doctor. No, Jesus was sitting there because the people that needed a savior were right there in front of him. He was witnessing. He was being the witness to these people. And he was reaching them. So what does that say about us? Maybe we should be a little bit more like Jesus. Maybe we should, we should reach for those people that, 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 that don't seem like the people that want Jesus. Maybe those people that are down and out and have had a hard life and have been beat down and Satan has driven them down. Maybe if we would be like Jesus, we could show love to them. So my preaching isn't for all the people that have got it together. If you're sitting in here today and you're like, I've got it all together. I'm perfect. I'm exactly what Jesus wanted me to be. I'm perfect. And if you're listening online, and you've got everything figured out, and you're like, to the T, you've got it all figured out, then this message isn't for you. You don't need Jesus. You've got it all figured out. And if you've got it all figured out, then you are better than Jesus. What do you need Jesus for? If you've got it all figured out, it is okay to not have it figured out. It is okay to not be perfect. 
I'm preaching to the one that's down and out. I'm preaching to the one looking for healing. I'm the one, I'm preaching to the one that needs a savior today. Someone who says, Jesus, I need you more today than I did yesterday. I don't have a whole lot more in this message, but this next part, Mark chapter 2, 21 through 22, no one sews a patch of unshrunk cloth on an old garment. Otherwise, the new patch pulls away from the old cloth and a worse tear is made. And no one puts new wine into old wineskins. Otherwise, the wine will burst the skins and the wine is lost as well as the skins. No new wine. New wine is put into fresh wine skins. What's this mean? So in the old day, think about this. Okay, so when they made their when they made their wine, they were fermenting it. It caused swelling of the wine skin. It would swell them to their max. And that was that was that. Well, you don't put new wine in the old wine skins because they've already been stretched. So when you fill that up and you fill it up too much, it has nowhere to go and it just bursts. And it's of no value, it's of no good. What was Jesus talking about in this time when he was talking about this? See, this is where we have a good time because now Jesus is talking about the religious of that day. Oh, you've got everything that you need. What I'm about to pour out is going to be something new. It's going to be something fresh. <clears throat> no one sews a patch of unshrunk cloth on an old garment. You don't take new, new fabric and sew it onto the old cloth because that, fa- that piece of fabric is going to shrink. It's not going to hold together. You can buy the cheap fabric at, at Walmart, those little patches that you iron on, and in a couple washes, they fall off because they're not pre-shrunk. They're not, they're not the way that they need to. They're, they're not what the Bible's. Now, it's not saying it's a sin to put a new piece of fabric on your pants. I'm not saying that. But what I'm talking about here is Jesus did not come to patch up the religion of the day, but he came to fulfill and make new. Amen. We're Christians. You know what? We've all got some stories We've all got some things in our past. We've all got some things that that God brought us from. We've all got a testimony. Jesus didn't come to patch up, but he came to make us new. Jesus was calling the Pharisees of that day brittle and inflexible. What are you today? Are you inflexible to the moving of God's will? When God asks you to move, what do you do? When God asks you to do something, to speak to someone, what do you do? God wants to create something beautiful with you. He wants to create you new. So even if you are one of those people that have it all together and are perfect, and you've got everything figured out. By the laughs that I hear in here today, <laughs> no one is that person, so I'm preaching to the right people. <laughs> we all have to come before Jesus. 
all has to have to come before him. I don't want to be considered brittle and inflexible. When God moves, I want to follow it. When God begins to do a work in my life, I want to follow it. You want God to make you fresh and new. Have you ever been rigid, stuck in your ways? I have. See, the Pharisees, they had all these rules and regulations and all this stuff, and they were very, very strict about following the law. I'll be honest, I'm very, very strict about following what's in God's word. But God's word is what changes us. God's word is what begins the change process. If you'll fall in love with Jesus and you fall in love with this word, it will change your life. You don't have to have it all figured out today. You don't have to have all your plans and know what you're going next or what God wants you to do. I can tell you one thing. He's all called us to repentance. That's what he said. He called the sinners to repentance. I still need a savior. I'm here before you today. I'm preaching and I still need a savior. I still have to go to him in repentance some days because I make mistakes. I love Jesus. I'm passionate about the message that's there. But what holds you back from taking that next step of repentance? What holds you back from taking that next step of faith in him? God has got it all planned out. And he wants to make you beautiful again. He wants to make you pure. He wants to wash you in his blood. He wants to wash you and make you white as snow again. I'm reminded of the story of David when he had sinned with Bathsheba. And he found himself repenting. And he said a prayer, God, purge me, wash me, make me white as snow, purge me with hyssop. God, I, I need that in my life. I want to be white as snow. What do I have to do, God? God, I repent of my sins. When we repent, when we say, God, I'm sorry for the sins, it is the literal turning around, oh, turning away from them. I'm not going to go back to what I was. God, I need you. It's a simple prayer. Jesus, I'm sorry for my sins. And we turn around. Maybe you've done that. What's the next step? Baptism. That's the next step. Do it. It's the exciting thing. It's the washing away. It's the regeneration. It's what creates, helps create, and make you new again. When you say, God, here I am. By faith, I'm taking a step in you. I want to see you move. I want to have your name applied to my life. Talk about making the devils in hell tremble. Talk about making, making Satan begin to fear when a new Christian is baptized in Jesus' name because you're walking in faith. You're following Jesus. God, I worship you. I magnify you. I want God to make me fresh and new again. Don't let me become rigid, God. Don't let me be stuck in my ways. This morning when I woke up, I was laying in bed. I got ready, went back, and I just told Rochelle, I was like, you know what? I just don't feel it today. I don't know what it is. 
She's like, are you sick? Are you not? No, I said, I just, I just don't feel it. Like, I don't know what it was. Came to church, started singing our songs, and something shifted. And there was an exact moment that I can pinpoint when I felt the shift. And you know what it was? It was when God's saints began to walk into church, singing and shouting. You know what it was? Betty and Jim, when you guys walked through that door, I didn't know you were there. I saw Ashley go like this, and I thought she was just worshiping. But at that moment, I was like, oh, yes, God is moving right now. And I looked up, and I saw you. You guys brought something that I didn't have today. You brought something with you to church today. You guys bring it to church, too. All of you together, when we gather together and we begin to worship the name of Jesus, things begin to shake. Things begin to shift. I'm not perfect. I don't have it all figured out. But when we come together and begin to worship Jesus, he inhabits the praises of his people. God, I worship you. I want us to worship right now just to love him. God, I worship you. I magnify you. You're a great God. Hallelujah, Jesus. God, I thank you. God, I pray that you would begin to move in this place right now. God, that you would touch our hearts, God. I worship you, Jesus. Hallelujah. God, I worship you. Oh, we serve a God that can answer every need, answer every request. I clicked the wrong one. Give me one second. I just feel like we just need to worship God a little bit. So I'm going to ask you. Would you stand in this place right now? We don't know this song yet, but we're going to sing it. And I just want us to worship. You can lift your hands. If you know it, you can sing with it. But I just want us to give a time where we give God praise. Because this is where we fall in love with Jesus. Oh, we praise you, Jesus. in my life. 
that one next week <laughs> let me tell you something when that came on when I heard that the first time that part this is what living looks like this is what freedom feels like this is what heaven sounds like I began to think of people shouting and praising the name of Jesus uh, and I believe that God wants to move in your life uh, that God wants to take you out of the miry clay and set you on your, or your the firm foundation and so I just want to pray right now that God would touch you throughout this week. God, I pray right now, God, for a protection. God, for an overshadowing of your spirit on these people. God, for every person that's here today, for every person that watched online, God, I pray for power, God, to be with them. God, for your spirit to overshadow them. God, and I rebuke every hand of the enemy that tries and sways us. God, for I rebuke every hand of the enemy that tries and knocks us down, God. God, I pray for victory in the name of Jesus that you would touch these people today that you would touch me today God God let us go in faith in Jesus name we pray as we close can you just give a shout of amen so be it amen that's what I love all right you guys today God is good amen oh go in faith